When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Hello, everyone. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan. We are recording this late in the evening of Sunday, September 11th, after the Cubs dropped the finale, the rubber game, of a three-game set with the San Francisco Giants on Sunday night baseball to lose the series. And also, Brendan, your dream of the Cubs winning, say, 30 straight games and finishing with uh, a 500 record has been shot down tonight, the Cubs. It has, it has. But they're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, so there's still a chance here, Corey. I think they're very close. I know that they're, uh, they're not there the MLB, yet, so there's still a chance. The MLB on Fox Twitter account has like a graphic for everybody, and I don't think that they've tweeted the eliminated graphic for the Cubs yet. Uh, I'm sure they have it cooked up in and ready to go, though. That one's in the drafts, <laughs> I can assure you. Might be the next one going out. Yeah, so uh, not the most exciting series here with uh, two teams that are uh, not quite in the playoff race. Giants, you know, finishing this series 67 and 73, so been a very disappointing year for them. Not quite uh, as bad of a year as the Cubs, but ultimately they're likely going to end up in the same place. So who's to say what's better? Uh, but we do have plenty to talk about. We've got some new rules. We we talked about this a little bit uh, when you and I spoke last time, Brendan, but those rules officially uh, added to Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. so the game will look a little bit different in 2023. Uh, had some quotes on that from David Ross, the players, etc. And, you know, we'll talk about some of the pitching performances. We saw Hayden Wisniewski out there again on Sunday Night Baseball. Uh, Nick Madrigal also hits the IL, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Even in a not-so-exciting series, we always have stuff to talk about, don't we, Brendan? We do. Sometimes we do. I'm a little worried, though, uh, Corey, about Nico. I'm like refreshing yes. my Twitter. Uh, he did leave with triceps tightness. I hope he's okay. Yeah, and you and I actually both did the same thing where you you typed, it seemed like you typed into Google shortstops uh, triceps. Yeah. I just typed in MLB triceps injury, and it is all pitchers. Okay. A lot of it was Scott Casimir. I noticed the same thing in multiple years, too, 2012, 2015. So it was basically the Scott Casper injury. Right. So, yeah, we, so again, we are recording this shortly after this game concluded on Sunday night. So I'm assuming we're going to get a an update while we're recording this live. Oh, this could be dangerous. But it's going to be this an update be that is probably worthless, right? 
Uh, it's either going to be, hey, he's— But what if it's not, Corey? What if it's not? They're not going to know that in, in an hour after the game. Right? I don't know. I don't think. I'm not a doctor, man. I don't know how that stuff works. I don't know. Either way, stay tuned for that. I There's no way we get through this hour without at least some tepid tweet I mean, why something. have they not said anything right now? It's already been like an hour after the game. They're, what are they waiting they for? They know how on edge you are, and they're trying to keep it that way. I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah. This is unacceptable. So if you are listening to this on Monday morning or Monday afternoon, whenever this is finding you, there may be a more current update. That is something we always like to say. That is the nature of podcasting. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Hopefully during this show they say, hey, it's nothing. Maybe he'll rest tomorrow and we all move on with our lives. Uh, before we get into these box scores, though, I, we, we already talked about him getting in, so I don't have too much. But I do just want to note the game on Saturday, Pat Hughes, Jose Cardinal, um, and Buck O'Neill inducted into the Cubs Hall of Fame. Uh, Jose and Pat uh, in attendance at the game. Obviously, Pat working the game, uh, of course. Uh, great stuff, obviously. We, we already talked about Pat getting in. I'm not going to wax poetic again about Pat Hughes, though I could for the full I hour. Say, I really could. Not? It might be more yeah, interesting than talking about these Giants games. It really might. Um, I think so. But they all, you know, they had their blue blazers, um, Pat, you know, giving, you know, talking about how much everybody means to him, the organization, how crazy it is to be in this moment, you know, having uh, met Harry Carey and all, you know, all this stuff that he, he's been talking about. It was just awesome to see he and Jose saying the seventh inning stretch at the game, just beautiful stuff. In, a, in a season where the team is bad, uh, that was a, a bright spot for sure. Very cool jackets, too. That logo they have, the Cubs Hall of Fame logo, love it. It's that World Series iteration logo they used in 2016. Really like that. I want one for myself, Corey. I want a Cubs Hall of Fame jacket. Who won the World Series in 2016? The Cubs did, What? Corey. The Cubs did. Get out of here. Somebody that. should talk about that. I, I think they should. Um... Yeah, but that was great. Just seeing Pat, I I, I just love, uh, as I said when he was inducted, those moments where he, he is as humble as can be. And as I said at the time, he always redirects it to those who gave him opportunities or that he learned things from or he looked up to. But I love those opportunities where he kind of has no choice but to let people just say nice things about him and, and accept the the grandeur of his status within the organization uh, as humble as mm-hmm. he may be i i love that we at least get those occasions um it's always nice to give somebody their flowers when they are able to receive them and so that is uh in their prime yes too. right and you know hopefully he gets to do the same at cooperstown someday soon uh, but let's... He had a great tie-on, by the way, as well. Very nice tie. A very wide tie. Did not expect that, although I should have expected yes, it. Yes, and that. this Pat Hughes uh, uniform update is sponsored by Benjamin Moore. It is. It um, is. Nice, shiny, thick, wide yes. blue tie. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I, I would love to hear Pat give his own uniform description of his own outfit. Oh, man. Yeah. That would be phenomenal stuff. Yeah, that would be great. Um, so let's just run through these games right quick. Set the table here. You guys know the deal by now. On Friday, it was the Cubs' lone victory in this series, 4-2 to two behind a very strong start from Drew Smiley. Seven innings, one hit, no earned runs, two walks, and eight strikeouts, a 3.57 ERA in the season for Drew, his sixth win of the year. 
again, really good stuff uh, from Drew Smiley. We, we, we've talked about that before. We've talked a lot about the depth, you know, in your starting rotation and beyond. And Smiley just continues to look like that person. It will be an interesting conversation uh, for the offseason. The Cubs getting their runs on Friday via a Jan Gomes homer, his seventh of the year, and a Nico Horner homer, his ninth of the year. Jan Gomes... Uh, you know, he had a, a really nice game to finish off uh, that midweek series against the Reds. You know, some more decent offense there. Uh, always good to see, especially from a guy that has been so well received uh, for his pitch receiving, his game calling, things like that. Uh, on Saturday, it was a 5-2 to two loss for the Cubs. Marcus Stroman goes four innings, seven hits, four runs, one walk, and four strikeouts. ERA on the season for Marcus. Sean Newcomb, a nice three innings in relief, just one hit and three strikeouts, no walks, no runs. And Jeremiah Estrada also gets out in this game. One inning of work gives up two hits, but no runs, no walks, and he does strike out one. So Estrada continuing to kind of settle in there uh, at the big league level. The Cubs getting their two runs in this one on an Ian Happ double and an Alfonso Rivas triple. Uh, And then there was a throwing error that allowed him to score, but that would be all the offense the Cubs would muster. Sunday in the finale on Sunday Night Baseball, Wade Miley, five innings, four hits, one run, one walk, five strikeouts, but it was not enough. The Cubs lose this one four to two. Hayden Wisniewski takes his first loss. Three and two-thirds, four hits, three runs, one walk, three strikeouts, two homers allowed for Hayden. Uh, Rowan Wick, an inning and a third of clean work, just a strikeout. So uh, we'll talk about Wisniewski's second outing here in a second. The Cubs runs coming on a Rafael Ortega single and Seiya Suzuki's 13th homer of the year. Zach McKinstry, also a very nice game leading off on Sunday Night Baseball. Four for five, he falls just a home run short of the cycle. Uh, Finished that game his last at bat with a triple. So that is pretty much the story here for the weekend, Brendan. Um, As we always say, plenty to talk about. Before we get into the serious stuff, I do want to, one more thing. We talked about Fran Mil Reyes a lot in the last episode. Did you hear him singing, I Will Always uh, Love You, on the broadcast? Did I not only hear him sing, I was blown away, Corey. The tone that he had. He's got, he can go up, he can go down. The, The octave change, I was blown away. Yeah. I, I remain very interested in Fran Mil Reyes. The personality just seems great. Um, just a, a wonderful presence. And, you know, if he continues to play the way that he has, it'll be great. All right, Brendan, here it is. Where's our where's our oh, no. alert button? Oh, is it, oh, is it bad? Uh, is it no. Bad? Uh, is it good? I, I think it's exactly what we expected. It's fine. So from okay. our guy, Jared Willis, who was filling in for our other guy, Ryan Herrera at Wrigley Field tonight for CHGO Sports. Uh, He said Ross and Horner both said that it happened on the diving stop on Austin Dean's fifth inning single. Hmm. Talk from both of them sounds like this will be a day-to-day situation rather than the IL. May depend on how he feels when he wakes up tomorrow. I don't like that. That seems fine. I wanted something better, man. I wanted something like, oh, this is no big there, deal. It's just that's precautionary. Sort of what, 
I mean, they got to see how he feels. But it wasn't like, oh, it it was not like, oh, this is going to be okay. It was sure, like, we'll see how but it is we also could have had he feels terrible and is heading to the hospital for a, you know, whatever test That's or whatever. True. It's bad, you know. That's true, but it's also not good. No, but I, you know, at this point, it's <sighs> it's deep in the season, and it's you well. Know. Now I have to wake up tomorrow morning, like wonder what's going to happen in the that's afternoon. That's true. My entire day's ruined yes, tomorrow. That's true. The Sunday and probably Tuesday and Wednesday as well. The, Sunday the entire week is messed are up. Hitting hard for Brendan at the moment. <laughs> I mean, me too. But I, I'm okay with reading Jared's tweet and that update, and not quite as psychotic of a manner as Brendan is. I mean, on the diving stop though. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I would have okay. thought on that th- the jump throw. But did they say which triceps it is, left or right? Do we even know that? Right. It says right. Okay, yeah. so it's, it's, it's throwing one. Yeah. All right, well, we'll see. I mean, kill me, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you know, again, I, I read that as at least, you know, optimistic. I, I, you're, you're, uh, to me, you're just, like, hoping to avoid anything that is very bad and, you know, ends his season or you know is some major thing if if we're yeah, for sure. if we're having a discussion about hey let's see how he feels tomorrow that hopefully means he feels okay right now yeah but we were having that discussion about wilson three weeks ago oh yeah i guess you know how well, i am this team you is weird with injuries and letting guys we're not going into that i don't because now my mind is going to start spiraling i can't do this right now Corey. i just can't do this i we we get paid to do it so i don't know what to tell you brendan <laughs> we're, we're the people that people <laughs> other people are listening listening to to have these exact conversations so i'm gonna have to ask you to push through here um all right i you know look i ultimately again like you're just hoping that this is not something that lingers and affects him and if it does just take it easy right you're you're already into basically mid-september here he's shown you everything he needs to show you this team is not competitive there is no reason to get him back out there uh unless he feels a hundred percent ready to do so. It's the same as how I felt with Justin Steele, right? Like you would love to see both of these guys get through like that full 162 game marker, not that they play in every game, but you know, make it pole to pole end of the year, get through it, get all that, you know, experience on their body, their arms, their legs, everything. Of course, you would love it. But if there's anything going on, right? There's no reason. It's fine. Just let it yeah. heal, shut them down, whatever you have to do, just do whatever you need to do so that they can enter this offseason, get into their, you know, training program, their workout program, whatever that is, without any concerns. You've seen what you needed to see from from Nico in in this season. You've seen more oh, than what no you needed to that. see from him. Yeah, I mean, no doubt about that. Everything he's done exceeded basically everyone's expectations, including Jed Hoyer's expectations. So yeah, just let him, you know, recover. Hopefully it's not as bad. The worst thing that can happen is you bring him back too early and then it just amplifies the injury. And maybe that's what happened with Wilson. I have no idea. So I guess I'm talking out loud now. Maybe it's okay if he's out for a few days. Just like be careful here. No crazy accelerated timeline. Just put him up. You know what? Put him on the IL. Let him go relax. Take like 10 days off and then come back. How about that? Yeah, can re- I make the move? Can I make the move? No, I'll make the move. You, I don't want you anywhere near in charge of this team. Nah, uh, reading true. more through Twitter and like all of the beat writer stuff that is coming, it does sound like he went to the trainers and they chose to be cautious. Not that this was okay. some, you know, oh, you know, oh crap type moment. Yeah. Like, well, I respect Nico for doing that. Like saying, hey, you know, something's wrong here. Go gets checked out. I like oh, that. Yeah, we've smart guy. We, we've been championing guys doing that forever you don't need to be playing through stuff most of the time i know yeah yeah 
Notre like, this is not the Stanley Cup playoffs. You don't need to be out there with a broken leg. That's true. Um, okay, so, but still, the the qualification there is check out, uh, you know, our guy Jared Willis, Ryan Herrera, the CHGO Cubs team tomorrow morning, whenever you're listening to this, maybe they'll have more of an update. But if we're going off that initial read, they might just see how he feels and keep him out for a few days, and that may be the update. So, uh there's your Nico Horner update. Told you we would get it live during the show. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, I do want to ask you right away, Brendan, about um, Hayden Wisniewski's second outing here. Uh, obviously, you know, still, I, I think, a, a fine outing. I mean, he's still coming in kind of piggybacking Wade Biley, uh, which we noted last time, kind of an interesting thing given you know the possibility of doing that next year and things like that with different guys not necessarily that exact combo mm-hmm. um but not quite as electric let's say as his debut right which was just basically him mowing down every hitter he was facing but I think still a fine outing obviously bit by the home run ball twice here tonight but still gets three strikeouts just the one walk scatters four hits uh did you see anything different in this outing you know, anything worth noting, or is this just kind of part of the growing process, kind of similar to how we saw with Estrada? You know, they have an electric debut, and, you know, not every outing is going to be like that to begin your MLB career. He did not hit the edges as consistently as he did in that first start. In that first outing, he came in, and not only was his stuff good, but the pitch graders, the command graders, gave his command like a 75 out of 80 because he was hitting the edges of the zone. He was leaky in his second outing. That's why those home runs were given up. And with him and his stuff, maybe sometimes it might be difficult to control. And the hope is over time, he can command those pitches towards the edge as we saw in that first outing. He may have a a home run problem early on here until he gets comfortable with either optimizing his pitch usage or maybe changing some of the shape on his fastball. There might be a little bit of a, some growing pains. But I the remember stuff is somebody, I, I, there's, I feel like there's people that I really don't like giving credit to, but somebody after his first outing mentioned that there might be a problem with him giving uh, up home runs, at least to start. I don't, do you remember who that was? Was it me? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's why I, that's why me? I don't remember who was it was. It to be to be fair, I was talking with a friend of the podcast Brian Smith. And we were talking about this and he and I were saying and specifically Brian like you know what maybe some of that fastball shape needs to be optimized or maybe you know he changes the location in which he throws. So there still might be some growing pains. Um, no, I'm saying you were right. That's part of it. I know I know we were right. I know you are. I'm saying I'm getting Brian credit as well. It's not like, you know, whatever. You're so humble. I'm trying to yeah. be. You know, I was listening to Pat Hughes the entire weekend, Corey. So Don't ever why. compare yourself to Pat Hughes ever again. <laughs> I'll quit. You'll need a new uh, uh, co-host here. Don't do yeah. that ever again. Um, I am going solo for the next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think this is fine. I think... You know, the interesting thing with Estrada and Wisniewski, and I think especially just where we are in this Cubs season, is that it, it 
you kind of see a unique viewing experience uh, from the fan base when stuff like this happens because there, there's it's it's like a double edged sword, right? These guys. I mean, come, what do you mean by that? Unique, unique. Th- these guys experience. come up and they have like an electric debut, right? Estrada it was, oh, mm-hmm. look at this fastball. You know, Saris is gushing over this fastball, and then the next outing wasn't so good, right? Hayden Wisniewski comes up. He strikes out, what was it, eight guys in his debut? He mm-hmm. pitches five innings in relief of Wade Miley, just dazzling everybody, right? He's strutting off the mound. You know, this outing, it's fine, gives up a couple homers, but just not quite that same stature. And, like, there's there's fans that, like, when after that first outing happens, when they get super excited, people are like, oh, you're getting too excited, like, blah, blah, blah. And then... At the same time, you watch these outings and you say, oh, it's, you know, it's just part of the deal. They're making adjustments. Like nobody, just because we were excited the first time doesn't mean we expect it to be like this every time. I guess what I'm saying is unique is that like the the more curmudgeonly portions of Cubs Twitter will ridicule you no matter how you talk about guys like this, right? This seems very yeah. natural to me. And I think most people that watch the game, guys can come up and be dazzling, and then they struggle a little bit. They have to make adjustments, right? There's more of a book on them, things like that. It's fine, right? Yeah. But you'll you'll have people that watch this outing tonight from Wisniewski going, you know, oh, everybody was— no, he's not that Right, good. He was, everybody yeah. was yeah, overexcited, yeah. you know, he was overhyped, like whatever. It's like it's— it, Relax, you know, it's not that deep, right? It's just well, it's I don't think we're used hour. to watching pitching development, so this is like you know, we're just used to signing guys coming over and being good right away. This is new for all of us, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I guess that's true. Also, there's been plenty of guys they signed that were not good when they, when they came here right away. Um, I mean, that's also true, but yeah, I just traded for I, I just think it's it's one of those like some people will view Wisniewski's outing on Sunday night in a very serious lens, and I just don't see it that way. Like the the whole point of having him up now and doing these outings is to work through this stuff. It's exactly the point. Like not yeah. not that you want him to give up home runs. That's not what I'm saying. But you're not mad that you're getting the data point right? Like, okay, he gave up a couple home runs. Let's figure out why that happened. You know? Yeah, for sure. Well, not about that. All right. Well, quick break here from our sponsor, Points Bet. This football season, Points Bet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same game parlay. Bet on the next drive to be a touchdown and cash out on your live second half over bet. With Points Bet, you can have access to more live football markets than ever before. Build a perfect live same-game parlay by combining your favorite bets anytime during the game, including spreads, totals, player props, and more. Choose the outcome of the next drive and next points with PointsBet Lightning Bets. So whether you're on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with code CHGO to get your first two bets risk-free up to $2,000. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants to help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 months ago because I wanted to kickstart my day with complete nutrition and I'm not a big breakfast guy. Now I've been on this. As I said, for a few months, I've loved it. it this does not taste super healthy. It has 
kind of a mild tropical taste. I look forward to it each morning. What is this stuff? It's just one scoop of AG1 and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of these things. I will be taking seven scoops of this tomorrow because of Nico Horner's injury will be worrying me, so I need all the energy I can get. I will get a noticeable boost of energy, so I always take this first thing in that morning on an empty stomach. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, gluten-free, or dairy-free, you're all good to go with AG1. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance for less than three dollars a day. It's recommended by professional athletes and has more than 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. By the way, don't take seven scoops. I don't want to get in trouble for saying that. I'm just being hyperbolic there with Nico. Just one scoop in a glass of water, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. With your first purchase, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash chgocubs. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Cubs to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Well, Brandon, before we jump back into the Cubs, you know, you're talking about the NFL season uh, when talking about our lead sponsor points, but I do just want to uh, give a shout out to our CHGO Bears team. They had their Great first, uh, you know, regular season game today. Uh, I believe, unless my math is correct, they were the last of our CHGO coverage teams to actually get to do pre and post game and live shows for a regular season game, uh, just given when we launched and the schedule and all of that. And uh, so if you are a Bears fan, if you have not already added the CHGO Bears crew to your viewing experience, your Sunday experience, etc., they did a great job on Sunday covering the Bears' first win. They'll be with you throughout the whole season covering everything uh, pre and post, you know, on game days, the, the whole nine yards. So uh, be sure to check them out if you have not already, uh, and a great job to them on uh, their first regular season it was efforts today. Um, getting back to the Cubs, uh, I do want to talk about Nick Madrigal, if we can, just for a second. Um, he hits the IL, and this one is disappointing, Brendan. Uh, it's, you know, we've talked about him a lot, and He's obviously been a better player, significantly better, um, in this second half, you know, coming back from the injury and stuff. Uh, though in the second half of the the calendar, he still rates as a below-league average hitter, but closer to league average in the 90s with the WRC+. And he said this uh, about the injury setback and, you know, maybe trying to get back out there this season or just how this would uh, go. He said, I'd love to get back. I feel like I've still got things to prove and want to prove, but I know there's another side of it about being smarter and there's no reason to really push it. If it's not feeling right, I'm probably not going to get in there. So I would love to, but we're just going to have to see how it goes. Uh, so, you know, growing strains can be tough, right? And I, I guess the, the only point that I wanted to bring up here is, one, this is a bummer, right? He had obviously been playing better, not to the level that he would like to or we would like him to be at, but 
better. He had turned things around from from the the first portion of the season. But this also, I, I don't know that an extra twenty games or whatever it would be would change too much. But you like it. It's disappointing that you're really likely now to finish this season not really learning very much about yeah. Magical, right? So many guys throughout this season, be it Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele, Nico Horner, right? Even Seiya Suzuki, as we've been following his adjustments and how good he's been over the last month, etc. You feel like you can end, the, if the season ended today, you would say, okay, I've gotten a clearer picture on who this guy is, what their role could be for 2023, their successes, their failures, and what it all looks like. With Madrigal, that didn't really happen. If anything, it's worse, right? Because he didn't hit the way that he did for the White Sox, and he dealt with more injuries. Now, going back to like guys like Chris Bryant, I do not like calling guys injury prone. I don't like that discussion, right? Guys don't control that. Stuff happens. So we're not going to do that. But he has missed a lot of time in the, the time that he's been up and eligible to be a major league player. So it is just disappointing that we're going to end this year in a, you know, in a situation where you go, yeah, I don't know what his role would be next year. I don't know what I would count on him for, um, you know, given the production that we saw when he was out there. Maybe you did learn something about Magical, though, right? Like what you learned is that maybe you can't rely on him in the immediacy. Not to say he's injury prone. I know you don't want to call him that. I know you don't like calling players that. But at least for 2023, you learned that you have to improve at that position in the middle of the infield. Not a shortstop per se, but just a second base. That way you give more flexibility to the entire roster. You can't go into the year next year presuming that Magical is going to put up you know, above average offensive numbers. There's there's no evidence right now to say he can do that in a long season. That's what we did learn. Um, yeah, it, it sucks. And it's not to say he can't be good overall. You know, he has, what is it, four more years of team control. So we could very well be talking about Madrigal in a significant way next season if he gets an opportunity or if he grows into an opportunity. But that's very different than assuming that right. he deserves that opportunity starting next year. That can't happen. Yeah. So if you're going uh, by month, he had a 109 WRC plus and a 326 weighted on base average. Which was very good. In August. Good for him. Which is good. The problem, though, is that that's one month of a sample. The previous months, uh, in June, he didn't play in July. In June, it was a 54 WRC plus and a 246 weighted on base average. In May, 24, 201, and in March and April, 49, 238. Now, all those samples are broken up weirdly because he's he's missed some time, etc., right? But the ultimate conclusion and kind of the point I was making is like, those numbers in August are great. You can't base roles next year on one month of production out of an entire season, right? Like if he had been able to do that all year, this is a different conversation entirely, right? But that didn't happen. You can't ignore those other months uh, where the production was really not good. And I I, I don't think that uh, some of those drastic numbers are who he is, right? Um, but you just didn't see it. So I, I the, the issue stems from not what you think of him going forward or 
you know, in the past, like whatever your opinion is, you dear listener of Nick Madrigal, the problem is, is that we just didn't get a clear picture. And that's what you really hoped this year would be uh, for a lot of these guys. And, you know, to me, it's just like a big question mark, right? I don't think I was ever uh, in the camp unless he was really, really hitting uh, where I would be looking at him as the, you know, a, a starting middle infielder for this team. I mean, even when he was acquired? Uh, I mean, I- I'm talking about going into this offseason, when he was acquired, perhaps, but going into this right. offseason, just looking at that crop of potential shortstops or middle infielders. No, yeah, he was, he was, he, uh, not to say, oh, he's an afterthought, but not, not as a starter. No way. Right. Like, when I'm looking at that crop, I'm thinking, no, like, go get one of these big time players and, like, we'll see what you do there, right? And also convince them to play second yeah. base or third so base. Yeah. So I, I just, it's just disappointing that that's that's the main point you've learned you've you've learned a lot about so many of these guys and it's been very productive I think um in a in a losing year in a down year I think it's been very productive for a lot of these guys to really show us okay like here's what we think you know even someone like Christopher Morell Brendan like he he's got a lot of questions to answer he's had his you know peaks his valleys etc right and 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 things that you want to see him continue to work on going into next year but you feel like you saw enough where it's like okay this guy is a player on this team right how many plate appearances how many at bats you know we'll see about that as as the future goes on but you feel like you saw a lot and learned a lot there and that just didn't happen with Madrigal and like you said if it did it wasn't the good direction I, I do want to read uh and I'll, I'll kick it to you here uh again from our guy Jared Willis who is probably still at beautiful historic Wrigley Field as we re- record this late night for Jared um a quote from Nico Horner I don't want to be at the trade deadline doing the selling thing again or being in September and seeing Wrigley partly empty so kind of talking about Jared has a piece over at allchdo.com, which you can, of course, read uh, if you sign up and become a member, which we suggest you do. Um, talking about, you know, David Ross was also asked about the potential of adding someone that plays shortstop. He compared it to having a nice car in your garage, but wanting another, right? Um, a Lamborghini, but okay. And Nico Horner, <laughs> that's such, <laughs> you just got such that. a funny aside <laughs> from you. Um, <laughs> now you threw me off. Uh, but... <laughs> You know, Nico also talking about he and he said this before, being open to if the Cubs want to go and sign someone and they insist on playing shortstop, he's fine with it. Um, but it, you know, it kind of does inform this whole. It's a good kind of segue from this Nick Madrigal conversation, uh, and why you know I kind of say it's not really how I'm thinking about things, even if he had been you know the the kind of hitter that he was. Um, I'm I'm looking at other things. I'm thinking bigger, right? And, oh, yeah. I, you know, I don't know if you have a strong opinion on Nico staying at short. Like, I don't really care, right? Like, if Nico, like, Nico's an elite shortstop defensively. We've seen it. He would I mean, also he's one of the best. He would also he's be like, an elite second baseman. And he's yeah. done everything you need to see at the plate to, he's you know, if as long as this tricep thing doesn't have him miss too much time, he might be a five-win oh, player. God help us all. Right? 
So yeah. that's segueing from the magical conversation. Like that's where my head is at. That's what they should be doing. They should be playing in that market. And if you want to talk to the guy, whoever it is, and ask them to play second base or third base so that Nico can play it short, fine. I don't care. You know what I mean? Good players are yeah. good players. We'll deal with the rest later. But Nico doesn't seem to care. What he does seem to care about is something that also guys like Marcus Stroman have said. They want this team to be good. They want this team to be good. They want this fan base to get what they deserve. And it's it's time to do it, right? Tom Ricketts said over the weekend that the ball is in Jed's court. I don't want to get into Tom's comments because it's... I mean, you're a kind of bar, but okay. That one fits. But the rest of them, it's like, you know, a bunch of, you know, whatever, you know, pol- you know, publicity BS that he always spews out, right? Like, I, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything to me. But balls in Jed's court. Let's go then, Jed. You know what I mean? Like build yeah. a build a better team. It doesn't have to be the next great Cubs team, but let's how about a team that can win the NL Central? Let's start there. Nico finished his thoughts with Jared by saying or sorry, Ross finished his thoughts with Jared by saying, "Quote, Nico's a winner. He wants to win, and when you have a really good player, you want as many of those guys as you can get. The willingness for him to move around is real." end quote. My my thinking there is hopefully we sign another guy with Nico's mindset and free agency, one of those middle infielders, and they move away from shortstop. They give Nico the shortstop position because in free agency, there's no other defensive shortstop that's rating better than Nico. So if you're all about winning, which I, I understand many guys want to sustain their value, and I totally respect that in this business. I completely understand that but there's a side of me too as a fan that i hope we kind of get another player with nico's mindset because if that happens they're not at shortstop they're at second base or 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 third base if they sign trey turner you're a second base dude if you sign xander bogarts you're at third base you're not you're not stealing innings away from one of perhaps if not the best shortstop by the end of the season. Like Nico may win a gold glove, dude. Like right now it's him and Dansby Swanson with the outs above average rating, but like he may win a gold glove by the end of this season. So that's where my thinking is. But if they go out and they can't get one of these guys, let's say like Trey Turner makes so much sense for this team. Not saying I'm thinking that, but maybe Jed is thinking that. And the only way you get Trey Turner is if you guarantee him a shot at shortstop, not even a shot. You guarantee him you're the shortstop in opening day. Then you kind of have no choice to understand that. I'm disappointed as a fan that has to happen, but I understand it. You're trying to win games here, and there's no other no other alternative. Okay, go for yeah. it. But my hope is you convince those free agents, kind of like how they did with Trevor Story in Boston, to move off the position. Yeah, I mean, I I agree, and I think you know this is a topic that comes up a lot. It's going to continue to come up a lot. And I think the reason it comes up a lot, and you even have Ross and Nico answering these questions, because a lot of people will say, you have Nico at short, why bother with this, right? The answer to that is that there's not a crop of elite second basemen that are available to you, right? Unless one of these guys is going to do it. So that's the answer, right? The, the positions that become available in free agency are the positions that become available in free agency. That's it. Then there's yeah. a, a crew of elite guys that happen to play shortstop that are going to become available. It is not, you know, it's not all-star second baseman free agency season. It's just how the timing has worked out. So if you are adamant about that, you know, I'm not willing to discuss this because Nico's the shortstop, well, then you're just, you might not get any of these good players, which is 
the sort of risk reward that you have to weigh, right? Um, but I'm I'm with Nico just in the sense that I also would like to not be trading guys at the deadline again, and I would also like to be in the playoff race and not have Wrigley Field. Uh, but do you mostly see, empty do you see how do you see how Nico like the way he answers these questions like that? That those are captain responses zero drama whatsoever all right so you're i mean i know you've said this before but you are firmly in like where we were with rizzo right like put the c on his chest territory rizzo's a little bit different like like you would have agreed with that at the time though no yeah of course of course but i think he he ultimately was not the captain of the team like he just never awarded that and uh I love Rizzo. I'm not going to bag on Rizzo over here, but there are differences from personality perspective between Nico and Rizzo. Uh, sure. I think the biggest, I think the biggest one that I that I personally see is everyone who's connected with Nico. Their first impression is like, oh yeah, like he's a leader. But Nico is still young in his career. Like he's only played one full season, right? So it's just the potential that he has over the next year and two years where he can command a clubhouse. And like Ian Happ says, he's a natural leader. And you think players like Nico's personality ultimately become those captain type figures. Hey, I'm into it. You don't have to convince me. Uh, you know, and to your point, like we have heard like, you know, every coach he's played for, every, you know, team, they all say this about Nico. And I think you see it in answers like that. Like, I and, and you know, it's one of those situations where sometimes you hear answers where, you know, you might say, well, what's he going to say, right? He's asked the question. He's just giving the diplomatic answers. Like, I love that. Carlos Correa said he wants to play shortstop, right? So some <laughs> yeah. guys will give that exact answer. So, I I believe Nico when he says that. Like some of these guys, and obviously we're you know far you know not far but relatively far removed, especially as the roster is concerned, uh, from the Cubs winning the World Series in 2016. Won the World Series, right? Correct, yes. So a lot of these guys, like other than what Wilson and Hendricks, like they didn't do that, and and I think it's easy to forget that because they were part of that mix, especially with someone like Hap, right? Hap didn't win a World Series. Nico Horner didn't win a World Series. You know, Hap was in the organization, but he wasn't on that team. He doesn't have a ring, right? So like some of these guys, like when I read those quotes, I I have to like sort of remind myself like, yeah, no, these guys are hungry to play for a winning team because that has not been a lot of their experience. Like as a Cub, it's, it's easy to forget that because the Cubs were in that golden era not too long ago, right? Like, and a lot of that roster was still on the team, you know, a year and a half ago. But Nico, you know, has not had that experience, right? He has not won a World Series. So I think you kind of, um, you do feel that in the answers from some of these guys, that they're hungry for that and they're, you know, kind of uh, getting tired of the team being in this position and dealing with what they've been dealing with at the trade deadline, and you know, no, jo- no. The, the fans too. So we're I get it. we're I with get you, it. Nico. We all are. Yeah. I get it. Okay, break here from our sponsor, Pins and Aces. Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. We love our Pins and Aces gear and get tons of compliments on and off the course with these. 
They are a family-owned golf and apparel business. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even our favorite beer sleeve, an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep drinks cold the entire round. Check out pinsandaces.com and use code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. All right, Brendan. So I do want to talk about some of these rule changes, and it's a, a good transition, I think, with the discussion on Nico, the quote from Nico, his willingness to move if it's necessary, because your your position was hopefully they can sign one of these guys and convince them to play elsewhere, second base, third yeah. base. I think Trey Turner would be open to that. Xander Bogarts, I think, would be one of the guys open to that. Um, you would hope so. Something that I think about in relation to uh, like the removal, the restriction, excuse me, not the removal, the restriction of the shift. And as we talked about, right, teams can still sort of shift, right? You can move players around in a not so traditional way. You just have to have them on, you know, the certain sides of second base, right? So it's those extreme shifts that are, are being eliminated. Um, I think, you know, hopefully you can end up in a scenario if this is how it works out where you're even sometimes able to treat Nico like uh, the Cubs treated Javi in, I'm going to do it again, 2016 when they won the World Series. World Series, correct, yes. Like, mainly, and now this isn't exactly how it was with Javi in 2016, but you, you get the premise of where I'm going with this. Like, sometimes, depending on who's pitching, depending on the type of team you're playing, how many ground balls they hit, how many pull hitters they have, maybe he plays a different position. He moves around, right? Yeah. And you utilize him in certain ways. If you're not able to move him over in shallow right field anymore, right, which you're not going to be able to do, maybe some days you move things around. Maybe sometimes... He, Guys are at second, guys are at third, guys are at short. Like, that's what versatility allows you to do. And it wouldn't be a regular thing, right? But maybe that's part of the thinking here. Let's get some good defenders, some elite players. Nico's your primary shortstop, but guys have the flexibility to move around depending on what's going on with the rest of the game. It's a matter of how it looks. Like, Right away, I, I like the idea. I like the concept. I like how it specifically affects the Cubs, too, and their roster construction. For example, Fran Reyes, his expected BABIP is projected to improve by almost 30 points. That's a massive increase because we see when Fran Mill's up, you got those three infielders on the left side. That's great for Fran Mill. And I like the Cubs' ability from their defensive current perspective to go around the diamond. Do you think of Christopher Morales' ability to go to, let's say, third base or shortstop or second base? You think of Nico. You assume that a free agent might get signed, and you got guys coming up through the system that are athletic and, 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 and rangy as well. So I think from specifically a selfish Cubs fan point of view, this is great for the team. Uh, from a fan, general fan point of view, I think it improves the aesthetics of the sport. I love middle infield defense, and I said this several times, but I, I don't enjoy watching unathletic first baseman try to play second base. To me, that's not enjoyable. Like I don't like watching that. Um, and I get the strategy component of the game. You know, People saying, oh, hit around the shift. I completely understand that, but it's really hard to hit a 101-mile-per-hour fastball with a run on your wrist 
to the opposite field these days. Like you have to be a realist at this point. And I don't want to watch guys try to do that. I want I want to watch baseball. I want to try to watch the sport that I've been growing up watching. And I think this is one way to get back to those features. And it's almost to me like how you have an offsides call in in soccer, for example. It's kind of the same concept. And as a result, you get to see more athleticism and perhaps more action in the sport. I think it's a win-win. Yeah, uh, so like we said when we talked about this uh, the other day, they do pass these rules. Uh, The pitch clock, 15 seconds when bases are empty, 20 seconds with runners on base, bigger bases. uh, I don't think that's... that's, I like that. No, I like that. Yeah, but it's just not likely to be one that's divisive like some of these other things. Well, I thought thought you were leading into that divisiveness. No. Because you hate these rules. I do not hate these rules. hate the rules. rules. That's aggressive. yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I just, said the you, last time, like generally, if I, I don't, you know, I'm not sitting here thinking about how long the games take or whether it's interesting to people that don't freak out about baseball like you and I do. I I tend to be a like do whatever you want kind of guy, you know? If you had a pick, would you like rather watch a sport with shifts or without shifts? Um, I, I mean, I, I get the logic of it. I, I just don't really care, right? Like, I think my position would be, like, do whatever you want. You really don't care about this at all? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I agree with the notion that, like, sometimes this stuff looks weird or things like that. Like, I have a quote uh, that our guy Ryan Herrera got from Ian Happ that I do agree with, you know. But, like, would I have campaigned or yelled about them changing a rule for it? Probably not. But, like, I do get this. I agree with this. And so Hap said, I hit a line drive up the middle on Thursday. The shortstop was on the right side of the bag and caught it those things going away, I think it's going to be a more visually appealing game. You're going to yes, have a guy like Schwarber, exactly Rizzo, that smashed the ball on the right side 115 miles an hour. Those are going to be hits again. Those should be hits. That's a more appealing game than a guy smashing a ball and it looks like nothing because the guy in right field eats it up. We talked about this last time. I agree with that, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I think mean, that's absolutely that's what it is. true. Yeah. Yeah. The, the pitch clock, though, I, I was watching the uh, Sunday night broadcast. I, I get distracted by like all the different graphics on the screen. I don't, I like the pitch clock. I just, I don't know. Maybe I won't end up liking watching a clock tick down every pitch. I don't know how I feel about that right now, but I understand the logic. And I, I do like the increased frequency of action in a given time slot, but that might take some time for me getting used to. Yeah, I can see that. I also, I, I, you know, I don't think he was a notoriously slow worker, but I probably would have been amused to watch John Lester, uh, you know, get yelled at. I mean, he hates this He's stuff. not hitting a, a pitch clock, right? I think that would be pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, him screaming at the umpire. What are you talking about? That was 15 seconds, not 16. But yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, going back to like the, the Nico stuff or the shortstop stuff, like, I think, you know, you do have to kind of keep this stuff in mind you know um those extreme shifts are gone and so you know you have to think about how you're building your defense because they you know now have a sort of slightly different way of having to play the game so it is something you have to consider you can't uh you can't treat everything you know you have these extreme pull hitters or things like that you know you can no longer think okay well we'll just put three guys over there and we'll defend it that way you have to have you know one or two guys on each side that can defend those balls. Well, you saw the Dodgers 
take advantage of that. They had like, you know, Max Muncy play second mm-hmm. base. Uh, not the most athletic middle infielder of our lifetimes, but that's what I'm saying. I don't want to see Max Muncy's play second base. I want to see Nico Horner type players play the middle infield. Right. Yeah. I think that, I think that makes sense. But yeah, those are the changes. That is uh, where the game is headed. They passed and that is, uh, that is where things are going. All right, so let's preview this upcoming three-game set against the New York Mets, Corey. This will be an interesting three-game set. So that begins on Monday. We have a night start time in New York at 6.10 p.m. We have Javier Assad starting this one for the Cubs, who is 0-1 with a 2.93 ERA. He'll be facing the Mets' Chris Bassett. Who's having a good year? He's 13 and 7 with a 3.24 ERA. Tuesday, uh, Adrian Sampson pitching for the Cubs, 1 and 5, 3.76, looking to continue the consistent inning stretch that he's been on for the past month and a half here. Uh, Jacob DeGrom Corey for the Mets. That's uh, that's going to be a challenge to say the least. Um, Jacob DeGrom this year is 5 and 1 with a 1.66 ERA back from injury. Another night start time, 6.10 p.m. On Wednesday, the Mets have not announced a starter for that 6.10 p.m. game. Drew Smiley pitching for the Cubs, though, who is 6-8, a 3.57 ERA. The Mets are going back and forth with the Atlanta Braves for first place. The Mets are 89-52. Pretty impressive record. Uh, They've been a little bit hot and cold, uh, starting to turn it around a little bit. This will be a tough series. I mean, Jacob deGrom and Chris Bassett are two of the league's better pitchers this year. Jacob deGrom might be the best pitcher we've ever seen in our lifetime, uh, throwing 101-mile-per-hour fastballs with run and all those curveballs. So that's always uh, interesting to watch. Not enjoyable to watch, but interesting. And then other than that, what I'm looking for is seeing Nico's health update. I I hope he's okay, but I hope he doesn't come back trying to push it. And if he is out, you're assuming that Morrell will get chances at at shortstop, which opens up third base for a returning Patrick Wisdom. And then that might give more at-bats. To let's say Alfonso Rivas at first base or PJ Higgins will will be out there at first base. And Young Gomes will have to catch... Uh, all three of these games. And then also, too, on that note, just getting an update on Wilson. We'll be approaching the 10-day IL, so hopefully we get an idea of whether or not we can expect him to return. Yeah, so this is interesting, right? Like, the Mets are going to make the playoffs either way, but Ron Santo would want us to root for the Cubs to at least try to cost them the division title, right? Okay, we can do that. I mean, he would. So yeah, not about that. So let's let's sweep the Mets. Uh, they, you know, they yeah. I mean, you're playing a team that's going back and forth, like you said, to try to win a division. Uh, they they're you know far up on some of those wild card teams, so they're going to get in either way. But you know, the Cubs screwing something up for somebody else, I have no problem with it, right? I mean, they're not out of the playoff race either, Corey. So this is like two potential playoff teams facing each other. You know, you sweep the mess, you never know. As I always say, there's going to be some people that don't know that you're joking, Brendan. Uh, but just for clarity's sake, the Cubs' wild card elimination number is four. So it's it's coming. It's soon. It's not that bad. It's uh, not that bad. It's four games. Right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So, you know, that's that's always interesting. I mean, you know, the same stuff applies, I think, that we've been looking at um, 
you know, this entire time. You know, it was good to see Seiya uh, really drive a pitch in the Sunday night game for the home That homer. was his best home run of the year, best hit of the year, yeah. best swing of the year. Lean back a little to the the right side, you know, of uh, center field, you know, not not quite to right field, but right center. Um, beautiful swing, just a beautiful swing. He continues to be really hot over the last, you know, month or so of baseball. Um, we've talked about his adjustments. So, you know, again, hoping a lot of these guys can finish the season strong um, and and make that impression from Mil Reyes is one of those guys, hoping that Nico Horner can come back. Um, and, yeah, hopefully the Cubs can maybe screw with uh, whatever the Mets are doing here. But I think that is what we have for you. As we said, keep an eye on the Nico Horner stuff. Given the initial report, I really don't expect too much. Um, maybe we'll get an update, you know, on Monday morning that talks about, how it, you know, he woke up feeling fine. You know, he woke up a little uncomfortable, so he's not going to play tonight or not available off the bench. But hopefully, nothing more than that. And Brendan can. Uh, he's not going to sleep tonight, but maybe he can sleep no. on Monday night. Well, I don't think so either. My week is already ruined. Oh. Maybe Friday I can sleep. It hasn't even started, and it's already ruined. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I think that is uh, what we have for you tonight. Uh, the Cubs locking up uh, a losing season, so that is not so fun. Uh, but hopefully— Hopefully they, the last one for the next uh, six years here. How about that? That would be—yeah, uh, I hope that. I was going to say that's the plan, but I, I don't know if that's the plan. I hope it's the plan. <laughs> I don't control the plan. So if I did, it would be. Um, okay. And they finish uh, on Sunday. They have 58 wins. So on a lot of the CHGO Cubs shows— Cody and the guys have been talking about the march to 63. Obviously, if they win that 63rd game, uh, they have 58 now, they will not lose 100 games on this season. So kind of, you know, it's it's a pathetic situation to be in where that's like something we're actively monitoring. It's baby steps. Right? Uh, but it, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to not lose 100 games. So uh, if that's of interest to you, then that's also something to watch for in this Mets series. The Cubs just need a handful more wins to uh, narrowly avoid a triple-digit loss season. So that's where we are, folks, in the year 2022. I hope it's a big off-season, Brendan. Um, it better be, Corey. Yeah, David Ross talking about, you know, maybe adding one of those shortstops and, you know, comparison with Nico. Second baseman, you mean? Not shortstop. Right, a second, second baseman. baseman. Yeah. Uh, okay. As, you know, you have a really nice car in your garage, but, you know, it's nice to add another one. I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm really hoping that we, you know, get a, a luxury vehicle for Christmas. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. As Cubs fans, that would be that would be nice. So that— maybe a few luxury vehicles. Oh, several. Yes. I know. Yes. We did, you know, we didn't talk about him because he's not on the Cubs, but we did see, uh, yeah, yeah. I could say anything right now. You don't even know who I know. I already know who you're talking about. Uh, We did see Carlos Rodon strike out 11 people at Wrigley Field on Friday. Uh, Only five and a third, 96 pitches. I I would be very pleased, I think, to read that exact sentence like a year from now, but have him be on the, on the Cubs instead of yeah. striking out 11 Cubs. I know I mean, you've always f- been in on him, but... I have. Yeah. I mean, how fun would it be to have Carlos Rodon, Marcus Stroman, Hayden Wisniewski, me reading those three names off in a in a preview series? 
Like, let's say that, that, that can happen. And then you throw in Shohei Otani in the fourth of the four-game set. Let's just do that. I, hey, I'm interested. I love how, okay. <laughs> bur- burying Shohei there in the, in the fourth spot. <laughs> the fourth guy in this yeah. situation. <laughs> right. After Wisniewski, of course. Uh, hey, yeah, that sounds great. Um, okay. I know that, you know, I'm sure Jed Hoyer is an avid listener of the CHGO Cubs podcast. Oh, yeah, so big time. Uh, hopefully he's jotting all these notes down. And, and uh, he gets through a full 60 minutes of Yes, he sticks it. Oh, too. of course he sticks around to the end. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, he needs to hear the series preview, Brendan. Oh, duh. Yeah. I mean, he's he's, he's running the team. He needs to know what to expect. I know. Um, all right. So that is what we have for you. Um, don't forget to tune in to Cody, Luke, and Ryan should be in the studio with the Cubs on the road here for this series uh, for your pre- and post-game Chicago Cubs needs. Brendan and I will be back with you when the Cubs finish up this series with the Mets. We appreciate your support for everything going on at CHGO and the CHGO Cubs podcast. Of course, you can use that code CHGO when you sign up at PointsBet to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Thank you again for your support and for listening. We will talk to you again in a few days, and as always, go Cubs!